0: He, <laughs> Old Radio Listening Society, a podcast
1: dedicated to suspense, crime, and horror stories from the golden age of radio. I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. We love mysterious old-time radio stories, but do they stand the test of time? That's what
2: we're here to find out. Today, we return to the listener library for a suggestion from our mysterious listener, Sarah. Sarah writes, I'm an avid fan of your podcast and of your live shows. I'm writing to suggest the Dark Wall episode of Escape. It aired in 1954 and was written by Kathleen Height, the first female staff writer for CBS. I won't give away anything about the plot, but I think it would make for a great discussion. Escape was an anthology series that ran on CBS from July 7,
0: 1947, to September 25, 1954. The show was designed to free you from the four walls of today for a half hour of high adventure, with stories focused on life or death situations. Many of them adapted from classic literature. As
1: Sarah mentioned in her email, The Dark Wall was written by Kathleen Height, the first female staff writer for CBS. Most of our early scripts were written for CBS West Coast Network series such as Factor Fantasy, one for the book, and The Practice of Dr. Dana. In 1950, CBS promoted Height to script editor, first on the West Coast Network's The Whistler,
2: and then on the nationally aired series, The Adventures of Philip Marlowe. Height left CBS in the early 50s to become a freelance script writer for radio. Her stories appeared on the *Lux* Summer Theater, Suspense, Fort Laramie, Gunsmoke, Nightbeat, and many others. As radio drama faded from the national consciousness, height turned her attention to television. Her experience writing for radio westerns led to a stint on the television version of Gunsmoke, as well as other popular westerns of the time. In the 1970s, she was a prolific contributor to the Waltons, and in the late 80s, she wrote for the primetime soap opera, Falcon Crest. Height passed away in 1989 at the age of 81. And now,
0: let's listen to The Dark Wall, from Escape, originally broadcast July 1st,
1: 1954. It's late at night, and a chill has set in. You're alone, and the only light you see is coming from an antique radio. Listen to the sounds coming from the speaker, listen to the music, and listen to the voices...
3: Standing alone in a mountain village somewhere in the puppet country of Andorra, the high crags of the Pyrenees trapping the last of the daylight. And you know that in one of the stone houses facing you, behind one of the doors that is closed against you, is a beautiful woman whom you must find before she meets her death.
4: Listen now, as Escape brings you Kathleen Height's story The Dark Wall. <laughs>
5: The quiet of the night settled over us. I could hear only the silky ripple of the River Segre nearby and a thin whisper of wind in the high pines above us. The strained silence of the day was over. Joyce was sleeping quietly now, a few feet away. I sank into my sleeping bag and prayed that things would go better tomorrow. Something roused me. Some sound. In a glance, I saw the gray of the pre-dawn, and then I saw Joyce. Poised at the side of my sleeping bag, wild terror in her eyes, and in her upraised hand, a heavy tire iron. Joyce!
6: Don't wake don't. up, Alan, don't! Joyce, for heaven's sake, give that to me. No, 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 uh, I've
5: Give got it to me, let go, go I've got let
6: go. Let go, drop it, no, let it go. No, no go. I won't. Don't, Alan! Let it go! <gasps> Joyce! Oh, you weren't supposed to wake up. Oh, Why? Did you have to wake up? Oh, Alan, Alan, I'm so afraid.
5: No, no, you're all right, Joyce. Joyce, don't be no. afraid. No, oh,
6: Alan. No. What's wrong? What's wrong? There's
5: nothing to be afraid of.
6: It's so, so awful to be so frightened. Well,
5: what frightens you? Can't you tell me?
6: I was going to kill you. you what? I wanted to kill you.
5: Well, Joyce... Are you afraid of me?
6: Oh, it isn't you. I love you.
5: And I love you, darling.
6: I know you do. Alan, please, can't we go now? Can't we get away from here?
5: I knew now that Joyce needed care, quickly. Her sickness, whatever it was, had been a growing thing. As we drove through the narrow, winding roads of the Pyrenees toward the tiny state of Andorra, I tried to forget what had happened. Tried to ignore the mounting wall of silence between us. Something in that silence told me that Joyce's fears were greater than mine.
6: Why are you stopping here?
5: Uh, The road forks up there just ahead. I want to look at the maps. I'm not sure which way we're supposed to turn.
6: Aren't there any towns? Well, are we ever going to see people and buildings again?
5: We I mean, can't be too far from Mandora La Vieja... but I doubt if this road we is even on the map.
6: Then let's go back, Alan. Uh, let's see now. If we don't know what's ahead, let's go back to La or Barcelona. Anywhere but here. Well,
5: There's a long way back, Joyce.
6: I don't care. This place... all tanglewood and pines... the narrow paths that twist and wander.
5: <laughs> we're not lost, darling.
6: Then where are we? I don't like it, Alan... It's just a wild, lonely place. And it frightens me, and I beg you to take me out of here. All
5: right, all right, darling. Don't worry.
6: I know what's behind me. The head, it's all unknown. I'm afraid of what's ahead. No,
5: you mustn't be afraid, Joyce. I won't let anything happen. We wound steadily higher and higher through the wooded Pyrenees. We met no one and saw no one. Andorra is a small state, only 192 square miles in all, but that morning it was an endless, stretching, climbing no-man's land. A lonely place with no name and no face. Then finally we came upon it, not a town, really. A village with one great house and a few smaller ones. Perched there on the rocky ledge, it looked like the last stop before oblivion.
6: It's so quiet. I wonder where the people are.
5: I wonder if there are people. It's not a town at all. Perhaps we should have turned back when you said to.
6: Look. Huh? Look at the window.
5: Where? Why,
6: well, no, I saw a face in the window. Oh? There's someone here, Alan, someone. No,
5: you don't want to stay here, darling. Even if we find someone, this isn't the place for us now.
6: Look, you see? The door, it's opening. Alan, someone is here. But
7: Joyce, this isn't the... You have lost your way? We were told there was a, a town here. There is. Well, is this... all there is to it? We do not require more.
6: Please... I'm tired. I need rest. Can't we stay here?
7: Is there a, a hotel? Any place where we can get a room? There is what your eyes tell you there is. And no more. Is there a larger town anywhere near here? You are in Andorra. Nothing is far away. Nothing is easily reached. What's the
5: matter with you people? But you always talk in riddles. Can't you answer questions? And Can't please, you ask? Add...
6: Please. We must stay here somehow. Just a while. I need to stop a while.
7: She is your wife? Yes. There is no hotel. I see there isn't. This house has many rooms, but we are a large family.
6: Please. Please, understand me. I've got to stay here. I can't wind around any more narrow trails. I've got to stop and rest. Can't you understand... Can't I make either of you understand?
5: Y- darling, it's, it's all right. We'll find a room. You'll rest. Now, you mustn't worry, Joyce.
6: I must sleep. I must. No matter what happens, I must sleep.
7: Can't you do something? Lady, you come.
6: Woman!
5: Almost as soon as he called, a squat little woman appeared in the doorway. They exchanged only a look, and then she came and led Joyce into the house. At first, I thought the man meant for me to stay outside. He moved as if to stop me from following. Then he stepped back, and I walked into the house. Joyce was stretched out on the bed when I got there. The bed was the only piece of furniture in the room.
6: It's nice, isn't it, Alan?
5: Well, it's a room, a bed. I wish it were more.
6: Oh, I'm so tired.
5: Yes, darling. Now you go to sleep. When you wake up, as soon as you feel like it, I'll take you to Andorra La Vieja.
6: Yes, Alan. When I wake up.
5: (laughs) Sleep well, darling. Mm.
7: She sleeps? She's very tired. The woman says she trembled. The woman says she is full of fear.
5: I don't suppose there's a doctor anywhere around here? We have no need for doctors. My wife is ill. We have need for
7: a doctor. You will not find one here. I know. I know.
5: Hey, what? Hey! Hey, get away from that car! Go on now! I, I said, get, a, get away from the, get away from it!
7: You are the intruder, not they. Oh, they can leave the car alone. They have. Who are they? My sons, my brothers, their sons. We are the family here. We are called Valera. We tend sheep and our own affairs. Oh, I, I'm sorry.
5: I'm worried about my wife. I I didn't mean to shout at
7: them. Most of the time, our mountains protect us. We do not like intruders. It is not so bad in winter. The snows fall deep into the passes, seal them, and keep the intruders out. We are not intruders. We don't want to be here. We don't mean to be here, and I promise you,
5: we won't be here long.
7: Sometimes the intruders come to hide in our mountains, to be lost from the world. Always, the intruders are troubled. ...full of fears and discontent. The worst of the world. They find their way to Andorra. I walked away from him...
5: ...along the crude cobble of the village path... ...away from the great house and the smaller ones. And everywhere. The sons... ...the brothers and their sons of Valera... ...watched me... ...with silent distrust... I walked to the rocky pinnacle that was the edge of the village and beyond, as far as I could see, the awesome Pyrenees reached higher and higher. Like a great wall closing out the rest of the world. I went back to the house where Joyce slept.
7: The woman is with her. She called out and the woman went into her. I shouldn't have left her alone. I must... Wait. The woman has brought her quiet. That is enough.
5: I wouldn't try to keep me out here if I were...
7: How is she, woman? She is quiet now. The woman would not leave her so if she were not quiet. Oh, Joyce, darling.
6: They said you'd gone. No,
5: no, no, no. Only for a little while. Only while you slept.
6: Don't... Don't come any closer.
5: Oh, Joyce. What is it?
6: Please... Leave me alone. I want you to leave me alone.
5: We're going to get out of this place, darling, together. No.
6: No, I won't go. I won't. We'll
5: find the right road. It can't be far. And I promise you, darling, everything will be all right. We won't come here again, ever.
6: Why don't you listen? I talk to you and you don't listen. I'm not going with you. You can't make me go with you. No, 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 no,
5: no. Joyce, wait.
6: Don't let him. Don't let him take
5: me away Joyce was clinging to the woman Valera stepped in front of them as I came back to the front room and beside him from every corner of the room the rest of the Valera men began to form a wall between Joyce and me a wall of men silent men with staring distrust in their eyes What are you trying to do oh, Can't you see she's sick I've got to get her out of here. Don't you know that? I'm taking her with me. And the whole lot of you can't stop me.
6: Hey, you... I don't know you... Hey, you... Hey, you. Hey, you. Hey, you.
4: You are listening to The Dark Wall, tonight's presentation of Escape. One advantage in having several radios about the house is that they make it possible for housewives to listen while they work. A kitchen set, another in the living room, perhaps a third in the bedroom. Keep them all tuned into CBS Radio for our great roster of daytime dramatic stories. And now Escape and the second act of The Dark Wall. <laughs>
5: I from a sleep that was tortured and full of pain. A bright afternoon sun shone in a haze about me. And when my vision cut through it, I saw nothing my eyes had seen before. I was in my own car, pulled to one side of a road that was wider than any I'd seen for days. And not far in the distance, I could hear the approach of other cars. But none were yet in my view. I got out, stood in the roadway. For all the stiff pain of me, it felt good to be a part of the world again. But then I remembered Joyce and the wall of valery Men, and, and I, I was lost and lonely and sick.
8: Hey,
5: you should not walk in the middle of the road. No. No, no, I shouldn't, only... Uh... You are hurt? An accident? No, I, I'm all right. I, I just don't know where I am. What road is this? Oh, you're in Andorra. You know that? I, I know that. Then, straight ahead on this road, the direction your car is pointing. Huh? No more than four kilometers lies the capital, Andorra La Vieja. Straight ahead, uh, Andorra La Vieja. I promise, I have just come through there myself. You are sure you are right? Not here. No, I'm, I'm much better now. Do you know this country well? Oh, well enough to drive through it quickly. My home is in Spain. You wouldn't know a village. Near here, maybe? A, a small village where everyone is called Valera? No, I would not know it. There are many such villages in Andorra, if you can find them. I must find it. Perhaps in Andorra la Vieja? Perhaps... My hopes were high for Andorra la Vieja. There would be answers for all my questions. There would be concern and help and interest. I told myself these things to keep my mind from filling itself with joy, to keep the pain quiet. Some corner of my mind held the memory of all that had happened in the house of Valera. I could not be sure I wanted to remember.
8: I do not see why you have come here to me. I didn't know
5: any place else to go. I need so much help, I thought surely the police could do something.
8: There's been a
5: crime? No, my my wife is ill, very ill. She's with strange people in a strange village. I've got to find help for her and and go back there.
8: Then why do you not do this? Why do you bother me? I've
5: told you... Will you try to understand me? I don't know where the village is. I don't think it's far away, but... I don't know where it is. It has a name, the village? I don't know that. The people there are called Valera.
4: There is a river called Valera. No,
5: I I saw no river. No, not there. It was high on a rocky crest of a mountain. Just a few houses. You must know where it is. You were there? Yes, this morning. Then you must know where it is. No, I don't. I don't have any idea where it is. But you were there this morning. Now you are here. Look... I don't know how I got there. Can I make you understand that? I think none of this is important. Well, it's all important to me. My wife is ill.
8: She needs care. You tell me that. Perhaps then you would tell me why you left her in a strange village you do not know. With strange people you do not know. I... I didn't leave her. But she is there. And you are here. Oh. You won't even try to help me. Help you? Help you what? Find a town where you have been, and I have never been? All right. All right. I
5: I, I can't talk anymore.
8: Uh, There is a hotel across the plaza. You will find other intruders there. Among them, a doctor.
5: I wasn't sure I'd heard him clearly, but... there were no questions left in me. I stumbled out into the glaring sunlight again. Steadied myself against a pillar and... And when I could make out the hotel across the plaza, I walked there. Held together, I know, by the thin strand of hope that I would find the doctor and there would be help for
8: Joyce. Here, drink it, Don. Oh. Whiskey? (laughs) It's good whiskey. You need it. Oh. Oh. Good. It
5: helps. But You do understand, Doctor, that I have not... Come about me.
8: Your wife, I know, I understand that. Oh, I'm glad someone does. You think the priest can help us? You think he'll be able to find the village? Oh, the Padre will direct us there, if anyone can. Meanwhile, there's time. Now, tell me about your wife as, as much as you can, as much as you know of her illness. Well, I've called it illness. I suppose it's that. Fear.
5: Unreasonable fear is an illness, isn't it? Oh, indeed it is, yes. Has she known these fears long? I don't know. We've been married less than a month. I knew her only a short time before that. No, it was all pretty sudden. She was alone, I was alone, and then we were together. Did you, uh, happy together? Oh, yes.
8: Very happy. Very much in love. Until this strangeness came over her. Yes, yes, that's right. Uh, may I? Oh, uh... please do help yourself. Thank you. Um, how was it you described the, uh, the difference in her, the difference in your relationship? Uh, like, like a wall, a mounting wall of silence. Uh-huh. Uh, and in this silent time of hers, she is much different? Not at all like the girl you married? She doesn't even look like herself. Her lovely, gentle face contorts into a, a wild thing,
5: like she was an animal... Oh, it's ugly, Doctor, and so
8: real. Now, I couldn't imagine that, could I? No, I don't believe you could. Uh, she was like that early this morning when she tried to kill you. She kept saying that she had to kill me,
5: that she wanted to kill me. Uh, and all the while, she was so frightened. So very frightened. Mm. But do you know what frightened her? Do you know any reason why she should want to kill you? Well, I thought she must be afraid of me. She'd have no reason to be, but I thought that must be it. I asked her, and she said, it isn't you. I love you. Oh, the poor darling. And she said that after she tried to kill you? Almost immediately afterward. It's a complete contradiction, I know, but that's the way it is. It, as if Joyce were two persons. Two
8: directly opposite persons. That may be precisely the case, you know. I, I don't understand. Two persons. One almost entirely good, gentle, kind. The other almost entirely evil. Terrifying, menacing. Fiendish at times. Two persons occupying one body. That's schizophrenia. Oh, no. No, not Joyce, doctor. Oh, no, I'd no, have no. to be sure, of course. But from what you've said... it's still, I'd have to see her, talk with her. Oh, there are many steps to take. No, the important thing now is to see her as soon as possible. Schizophrenia, that's
5: hopeless, isn't it? I mean, there's no cure, is there?
8: Well, it depends largely, I should say, on how long these two personalities within her have been warring one with another, the good and the evil and the moral and the immoral. If the cleavage is minor at this point, if the breach between her two selves, as it were, is not yet great, then there is a measure of hope. But she couldn't go on this way indefinitely, being two people. Mustn't one of her selves, as you say, win this war? If it progresses unchecked, well, then, yes, one self will emerge triumphant, Uh, She's a poor war word here, for in such an instance the evil almost inevitably triumphs over the good.
5: Can we go to her now?
8: Yes, I'm sure the party will have our directions.
5: The priest's directions were perfect. As I'd assumed, the village was not far away, but the drive was an eternity for me. The strain of the last days was beginning to tell. I was wound tight and knotted by all that had happened and torn deep by all the doctor had said. I stopped outside the great house of Valera. The doctor touched my
8: arm. Uh, perhaps, um, perhaps it's best that I see her alone uh, at first. Oh, but, but I've got to see her. Oh, I know, and you will, but you don't know what happened here before you left. The last you remember, she was terrified of you. I'll send for you soon, I promise. Tell her I love her. Will you? Oh, indeed, I will. Oh, well, uh, there's one thing I neglected to tell you, one important facet of this. Huh? If we find what we fear most, you must take this comfort to your heart. A girl you love, who loves you, has no knowledge whatsoever of her other self. Thank you, Doctor. Yes, you ponder that. I shan't be long.
5: I watched the house door close behind him, and there in the high quiet alone, I took the comfort he offered me. The choice I loved, loved me. That was all there was, really. All in the world I needed to know.
7: You will not go in there. The woman, the doctor, they have brought her quiet again.
5: I am going in. I will kill any or all of you who stand in the way. Move. Move! There! Anyone else want his head bashed in... (laughs) Good. We'll make a real mess of things, won't we? Come on. I like to crack skulls. What's the matter? Come on. Keep me from that door. Make one little move and I'll tear you loose. Men of honor, I see. Where is she? Don't let
6: him. Don't let him try to kill
5: me again. Look at her. Look at all of your crawling, shrinking cowards. What are you, gentlemen? <laughs> you make me sick, all of you. I killed him, you know... He was a gentleman. Dear, gentle Alan. Oh. He won't be with us anymore.
6: Oh, please, please, somebody do something.
8: Easy now. Somebody will.
6: Come on. No, no. Alan. No. Alan. No. 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 No.
8: I, I'll tell you, Joyce, what I, what I told him. And you must take this comfort to your heart. Alan, the man you loved, loved you very much. He didn't know this other self ever existed.
5: There were faces all around me. A wall of faces, senseless, staring faces. And beyond them, a strange girl wept softly. All strangers, strangers staring at me. And I stared back at the wall.
4: Under the direction of Norman MacDonald... ...Escape has brought you The Dark Wall by Kathleen Height... ...starring John Daner with Joyce McCluskey. Featured in the cast were Ben Wright, Edgar Berrier... Nestor Piva and Fritz Feld. Your announcer, George Walsh. The special music for Escape is composed and conducted by Leith Stevens. Next week.
3: You are in a farmhouse on the southern coast of England the autumn countryside around you desolate and bleak. And you know that in the dusk, outside, waiting patiently for you, silently watching for you, is an enemy from whom there may be no
4: escape. So listen next week when Escape brings you Daphne du Maurier's story, The Birds. For drama and adventure fans, two of CBS Radio's best-known thrillers, Gangbusters and Gunsmoke, both heard Saturday nights, will be moving to Monday evenings on most of the same stations after this Saturday's performances. Follow the latest crime clues and true crime-smashing drama on Gangbusters this Saturday night, and don't miss U.S. Marshal Matt Dillon's latest Western adventure on Gunsmoke the same evening. Then, after this Saturday, remember to listen for them both on their new night starting next Monday, July 5th. Listen while you work. Enjoy Our Gal Sunday, Monday through Friday, on the CBS Radio Network.
0: That was The Dark Wall from Escape here on the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society podcast. Once again, I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. That was a listener request coming to us from... Uh, Sarah. Sarah, that's right. Sarah, who has come to our live shows as well. Mm-hmm. I've met Sarah. She's very yeah, nice. Yeah, I just feel... I don't know why. Every time people listen or go to our shows, I feel
2: bad. Like,
0: <laughs> like, I don't know why it makes me feel bad. Like, ah, oh, I shouldn't
2: do that. Oh, and we're not Got out of her house into a... <laughs> car and right. drove
0: somewhere. I and couldn't be more Norwegian. Uh, you don't need to. The worst thing to be is a theater producer. Uh, don't bother. It's just, it's just a show.
1: Come out at the end of the show. We're very sorry.
0: <laughs> so, uh, lots to talk about, as always, with all of our shows, but I'm not sure where to start here. I think I will just start here from uh, my standpoint. You got me. it got me it got me it got me and I'm really really happy it got me I didn't see Nothing coming, and then I'm with you this time. It,
2: really, it, it tricked me. Good, oh, yeah, me too.
0: Oh, good, because mm-hmm. I always feel dumb, like oh, I'm sure Joshua and Tim and I'm going, well, he's obviously schizophrenic, and uh, it's not her. No, this was way more than Eric that's how tricky. you guys. This was real <laughs> tricky, right? <laughs> By the way, that's how you guys sounded okay. in my head. <laughs> what was fun about the end was the ability to go back and realize mm-hmm. all the holes that filled in. Oh yeah, and. All my notes are hilarious now because they're like, what? No, that's stupid. Why? (laughs) And then then as I went back to my critical notes, I realized, oh, that solution solves all those questions. For example, I have this uh, note here that says, uh, so she's unable to sleep in the car. Really? You just can't sleep while he's driving? Just go to sleep. Sleep in the back seat if they won't let you in. Aha. She's trying to get away from him.
1: She's looking for an excuse or to at least ask a, for help, a safe place where she can sleep and know that mm-hmm. she's not the only one there. Right. And he, what was it the,
0: someone you wake up and Someone I was about to kill you, and then you woke up. <laughs> How uh, your forgiveness is so astounding. You're just so <laughs> That's astounding. That's a, <laughs> a
1: tough relationship to <laughs> keep going with.
0: Right. <laughs> And then I wrote, how does he ever sleep again? (laughs) Okay, you tried to kill me once, but now it all makes sense.
2: But to me, it makes sense in both scenarios. The fact that Alan does forgive her trying to kill him is because he doesn't believe it's her, that there's something wrong with her. So, like, that just strengthens your belief in the false narrator's story. Right. Yeah, The
1: going back was so uh, rewarding. Listening to the first time I, I... Similarly, that, like, oh, th- this is good, but it's got some problems. And then, oh, that's clever. I get it. That's good. <laughs> right. And then going back and listening to it again, it's the imagery. There's so much, so many levels to the writing that mm-hmm. just unpacks and unpacks and unpacks every time. Listen to it more and more. Yeah. I, I don't know how many times I listen to this, but like four or five, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and just something every time. The wall of the mountains, the wall of faces, the wall, uh, just the. Oh, the uh, references to the amount
0: of walls that he is <laughs> facing. But just waking up in his car not knowing how he got there. The assumption is, and it's brilliantly written, that he got the crap kicked out of him. Yeah. And they got him out of town and kidnapped his wife and drove his car somewhere and left him for dead. Yeah. You're operating on that assumption the entire time.
2: And But what's brilliant when you go back is that you realize, oh, height let us experience the same fugue state he had. Right, exactly. We blacked out. We're lacking the same information he is. Yep. And that's really cool. And, yeah. and again, it's structured in a way that we backfill for him. go, you know, Well, yeah, he must have just got his bell rung so hard that he doesn't know what's going on. Did you notice the clue that could have helped you figure it out, the oh, tell? His voice goes really gravelly before that first fight. He does the scary yeah, yeah. guy voice. It's even
0: before Red that. There. There. there is a huge clue. when Again, uh, when
2: you go back to Oh Well, well it Joyce again. says, it isn't you. I love you. And that's very early on.
0: There's this. It's when he just starts screaming at them. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Stop he talking in riddles. It's making, you know, just stop mm-hmm. talking in riddles. What's interesting, though, is my note about that screaming at them is, yeah, get him. I hate it when people talk all philosophical. <laughs> My
2: note was, ah, oh, this guy sounds
0: like Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Stop talking in riddles. I hate it. Philosophical Jones, just, is there a hotel or isn't there? But it's so cool when you go back and you
1: realize, oh, that's the other side coming out. And the the structurally, as almost the exact moment that you have all the information you need to understand this is when they, they show you his other side. When his yes. other side takes like the exact moment of, that's all you need, now we're moving on. Yeah, another minute or two, you would have put it together yourself.
2: The manipulation is so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, well, I also want to talk about just a great beginning of a story just dropping you into this strange, uncertain place. Uh They're camping. A man is praying that things will go better tomorrow, and then he wakes up to find his wife about to do him in with a tire iron. Right. Or sister or girlfriend. Really, at that point, don't even know what their relation is. Right. So, again, it goes back to these people who are divided from themselves, Mm -hmm. and that theme throughout that you as... A listener are divided from so much information it's walled off to you at first as well and, and that theme right. runs all throughout it it's really clever i wrote at
0: the top of this and was a huge issue for me until the very end and that was i would like to know why they're in the pyrenees and going to Andorra. i'd like to know why and then at the end and you realize oh man right who cares uh in the sense of we're just jumping into the middle of this. Who knows why they're ending up there? There could be a million reasons he could be going anywhere, and who knows who was driving and got them there
1: and in that, the first place. that city patriarch has that whole speech about... The intruders and the people—I can't remember the exact phrasing—but mm-hmm. the dangerous dark people find their way here.
2: But yeah,
0: so there's. I a, wanted to know why they were there, and then you realize, oh, it's, who cares? Something crazy's happening.
2: But it serves a thematic mm-hmm. reason, like Tim just said. The dark, evil people tend to find their way right. here, uh, and so that's also a clue. Yes, but because the guy speaks so cryptically, you don't take it. Mm-hmm. As literally as you should in that moment. Mm-hmm. It's also just a place of isolation. Right. Beyond the thematic workings of it, it's a place where they're cut off from help, which adds to the suspense and tension. Yeah,
0: and you can really see Heights writing style uh, when she gets into Falcon Crest and the Waltons. <laughs> <laughs> this is pulled right from. That uh, ability. This would make a great episode of the Haltons.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I always thought John Boy was a little schizophrenic. <laughs> I'm not
0: trying to be mean, because I take the money wherever it comes. I don't care, right? So it's not about being critical at all. But it's so funny to realize that someone that wrote those kind of shows has the ability to write <laughs> something this magnificent. I think we forget that from time to
2: time as But you never artists. know. Which is the labor of love and which is the one you do because you gotta. Yeah, she was probably like, I'm going to write some arty crap and they're going to eat this up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But what she really wanted to write was, John Boy can't find a typewriter (laughs) to turn in his manuscript. And so they're going to have to go borrow one from the next town. That was her dream. (laughs) And yes, I know a lot of Walton plots. (laughs) I've watched my fair share of the
7: Waltons.
0: (laughs) Well, if you ever want an afternoon where you're stress-free,
2: where nothing bugs you, throw the Waltons on. (laughs) That's the secret, huh? Uh, It's a whole lot of pablum. One of the things I really appreciated about this, whether it was intentional or not, and it's part of what kept me tricked about the conclusion, is that height manipulates us with a lot of stereotypes and tropes that at least I've come to expect from old-time radio and even more modern things of... That's actually what I was... I, the escape specifically. Yeah, the hysterical fall this- mm-hmm. woman and the fear of the other in this village of This strange people. small village and their ways. And they've captured the white man's woman. And for a moment I was like, is this where this is going to go? Mm-hmm. Um, but she turns that all on its head. And the, mm-hmm. the real danger is the strong male narrator that and- we're supposed to trust. Right, this village of clearly nice people who Mm -hmm. took in this lady and tried to protect her. Mm -hmm. Like,
1: one of them got killed randomly. At least one. The reason they talk so cryptically.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's another moment in my notes where I, I was like, what's the point of writing into the script the idea that it looked like he was stopping me from entering and then he let me enter and motioned me in? And I went, that's just a waste of writing. Who cares? That's nothing. And now you go back and you go cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. another cool little moment. But when it's happening, I think that's extraneous
2: exposition or a uh, dialogue. also called authenticating detail that makes a story come to life. Those The moment of hesitation that happens all the time all mm-hmm. around you in life where someone thinks about it. And so the first time through that really jumped out at me, right. not because it annoyed me because I was like, yeah, he's way It doesn't, annoy, him.
0: It doesn't annoy me if it comes back where I understand why it's there, but now I do because yeah. you just made me think that. But I
2: wasn't. <laughs> but I didn't. made you. I'm not Rasputin. <laughs> mm,
1: Mind powers. You're not Rasputin. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, but
1: some the, there's a little line in there where the uh, Faelo. I can't think of these people's names. I'm, I'm Valerio. Valerio. Yes. Yeah. Where the the guy it, it describes him looking at woman. Just <laughs> that <He's like>, woman. <laughs> um, with something that the uh, the narrator couldn't quite understand, that there was a look between them that he couldn't interpret, um, which on further listens sort of take in, like they're picking up the clues of what's happening here and communicating among themselves without the narrator's knowledge. Yeah. There's another thing
0: I wrote where they've only been married a month. I said, wow, only, you know, they just met and got married. When it was over, I went, I wonder if they had only been married a month or did only one of him know her for a month. Maybe they had uh-huh. been married much longer.
1: The other part of him met her a month ago. Kind of here's thing. my question for you two gentlemen. At what point did the doctor know? Before oh. they went or after they arrived?
0: Well, it definitely... He knows before he goes into the house. The doctor. Maybe. Because he turns around and says to him, here's something I didn't share with you. Because they don't know, and you have to be aware of that. I That seems to me like... He knows. It's not definitive. I'm not making
2: an argument for it, but it's an interesting question. I read it as if he discovered it at the same time we did it as as the listeners. But now that you mention it, it's another element Mm -hmm. of the story that can be read Mm -hmm. differently once you figure everything out yourself.
0: Yeah. And what's so funny is this – up until that twist, up until the end, this whole show was, yeah, it's all right. Oh, yeah. It's fine. It's not – Making me mad, and it's certainly enjoyable, but it's got a huge amount of holes, but yeah, it's fine. And then it went, top five. Like, with, with, <laughs> like, like immediately became one of the best things I'd ever heard in my life. It's also risky. How many people wait 20 minutes and go, oh, enough.
1: and, and Because it's not it. that the story was mediocre and then got really good at the end. It was really good all the way through in a way you don't notice until you know how right. to listen to it. Correct.
2: For me, I didn't trust it. Mm-hmm. I felt like there were all these clues that something I loaned it really a lot Im- of money. <laughs> 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 you idiot. Oh. <laughs> but I felt there were these clues that I just didn't think they could pay off on. And I was suspicious the entire time. And then I had the same reaction as you guys, like, whoa! Yeah, They totally did. I did not see that coming. I backed it up when he walks into that house with that voice. Yeah. And I went, who's that... That's oh. exactly right. Oh yeah, yeah. I
0: had that moment where I went, Well, who's that? Who's that? I, mine went on for a while.
2: <laughs> when,
0: like when in you. sixth sense, when I finally had to turn to the other people in the room and go, What is happening? <laughs> he's not dead. <laughs> oh like at the very end when the ring's dropping and everything. He, it, he is dead. Not, that's what well, he's not dead. He, <laughs> right, so he is dead. <laughs> that's now it oh, makes no. even more sense. Wow, that movie just got better for me.
2: You just spoiled Sixth Sense for someone who's actually seen Sixth Sense. How do you do that? How about
0: halfway through him getting mad and changing voices when he went in the house is when it occurred to me. Not right away. I had a moment, is the doctor freaking out? Mm -hmm. And then I went, oh,
1: oh, oh, I hear it. It's beautiful. I did get it when the voice changed, but when he talks about the woman he didn't recognize and that stranger that was like oh i feel really bad
2: now <laughs> <laughs> i mean i love this but i feel bad yeah it, it's a dark ending i mean she's escaped him uh, he's not going to kill her and she's not going to have to resort to killing him and without a right. diagnosis had she killed him she, oh god yeah she would have been guilty of murder and not self-defense in the eyes of the law
0: you know, there's another thing that makes me feel really bad about myself, and that is the sense of, I know it's written for us to go down this path, mm-hmm. but how much of the assumption from a man's point of view that, well, the woman's crazy, and he's trying to save her,
2: and that's yeah. what this is, does she it
0: was, play into she, yes. us think, being
2: men? I think she was 100% manipulating the listeners with those ideas and tropes whether it be a male point of view or even women at the time listening who had been just indoctrinated too with that as this structure in old time radio
0: but I feel bad that I made the assumption that that was the truth of the situation do you know what I mean like I don't know why well she's but she's making you. I yep. understand it's, it's an, that. But it's still I didn't even think to question it. That woman's the woman's you. fault. <laughs> right?
2: Yes, it's what we're saying. <laughs> I can only imagine how she was dressed while she was writing <laughs> <laughs> Ah. There we go. Well, that'll lose us a few. <laughs> How do you indicate irony on a podcast? You just say irony. No. Just a wink, that'll do okay. it. I think on the YouTube
0: video of this, you can bring up an irony button, right? At this point. I don't
2: know. That is probably my favorite thing about it is the unreliable narrator and as a literary device, I really like that and I like it when I'm surprised. It's also
1: interesting, I mean to to get a little dark in here of as a model of an abusive relationship, which that's you know, an extreme hyperbolic sort of model of. It's uh, an in-depth take on the complications of a mm. of a relationship where you love someone who's abusing you, which it's awful, but it's not a simple matter of just like
2: well, I change how I feel. I think to take it even a step further, like schizophrenia is just a convenient Plot mechanic for this I think it it is also pointing at People realizing what dark Or abusive things they might not Realize they're doing Or like the story says Walling those actions off I mean in some ways it's A story about self-deception Yeah, And what we knowingly keep From ourselves We are all our own unreliable narrators (laughs) (laughs) In the story of our life So I thought it was Super deep guys, <laughs> <laughs> and really well performed. Mm-hmm. And oh. the sound of it and oh, I produced love really well. The last fight when they have to restrain him, mm-hmm. uh, that they just let it go for a good couple seconds without any dialogue, which is rare in old radio. They usually will, will have a scuffle with some dialogue over it. Mm-hmm. They just let that go for about five seconds, mm-hmm. which on radio is a long time and mm-hmm. really let you know, like you imagine them. Eight or nine people holding Alan down at that mm-hmm. point. Just a nice use of sound, it's kicking the crap out. Should <laughs> <laughs> so well, we take
0: it to the vote? We should. Yeah, uh, I'll start. Uh, classic stands the test time. One of my favorites. Uh, one of my new favorites. I love, love, love
2: this.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. That this is a classic. Anyone who likes radio at all should
2: listen to this. I think. <laughs> Yeah, a classic, 100%, just the complex script, everything we just said. And again, I want to go back, not just for our listeners, but to remind myself as a writer what a great lesson it is that you don't have to put all your exposition at the top of a story. You can just drop people right in. Mm -hmm. I mean, they don't even mention their marriage from a month ago until like twenty two minutes into the story. They she just knows the story is interesting enough that she doesn't feel like she has to tell you everything or ever tell you anything. Pyrenees. Why yeah. are we there? That we never find out why they're there. The world's worst
0: honeymoon. <laughs> is it a honeymoon? Yeah. We don't know anything about why they're there, other than they're trying to get to the, the small state of Andorra. But it
2: points out how much a listener is willing to fill things in. Like, right now, I just realized this whole time I've assumed it's a honeymoon. It's mm-hmm. not said anywhere. I don't know yeah. what they were doing there. Why does anyone go to Andorra? <laughs> I now know, uh, because, you
0: know, as you listen to things, you realize you don't know things. I hey looked up Andorra. I yeah. didn't know where it was. In between France and Spain there. Little tiny thing. I didn't know. There it is.
2: It's adorable. <laughs> it's adorable. <laughs> but also walled off in evil. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tim, tell them stuff. Please go visit ghoulishdelights.com.
1: That is the home of this podcast. You'll find other episodes there. It's also a great spot to uh, get a hold of us. There's links to our social media pages. You can comment on episodes. You can just send us a direct message. So if you have episodes you'd like us to listen to, like Sarah did, Thank you, Sarah. You can use any of those resources to let us know what you'd like us to listen to.
2: Yes, you can also uh, support this podcast by going to patreon.com slash themorals. We appreciate all the support. We are debuting uh, some new Patreon rewards on that site uh, here in early 2020, so check it out. You can also go to iTunes and write a review. This would be a great one to write a review about, because you could write a good review, then black out, and then write a nasty review right afterwards. be awesome.
0: Also, uh, the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society is a theater group, the three of us, plus one, Miss Shannon Custer. We do live performances of old-time radio recreations and sometimes original work. If you'd like to come see us perform old-time radio live, you can go Go to Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society.com, and there you will find links to our current shows. Which, here in January of 2020, we are currently uh, signed up to be with the Park Square Theater in St. Paul for the next five months. So please come see us.
2: All right, what's coming up next? Uh, Next, uh, speaking of Patreon and rewards, we've reached another support level on Patreon, and as a special reward, we are doing something we've never done before on the podcast. We are listening to comedy um a number of sketches from various shows that satirize mysterious old radio tropes until then
5: what's the matter with you people but you always talking riddles can't you answer questions yeah get them